though like there's a few times where I watched an episode and then I'd go up to Tom and I'd be like okay so let's have a little let's have a chat <laughs> how are we doing here and he'd be looking at me going did you watch an episode of that normal people again <laughs> maybe So this episode, Trish Archer, is slightly different because we have been meeting guest after guest, but we decided that um, we weren't going to let this moment pass us by. We have spent, I don't know, the last number of weeks being utterly obsessed with a TV show that has got the nation, the world talking. No better word to describe it, but obsessed. We've had water cooler chats, uh, bedroom chats, (laughs) WhatsApp chats. There has been so many uh, talking points about this one show that there is no way we could just let this moment pass without actually breaking it down on Girl Talk. I think it's the fact that it has had a universal effect, Mm. like that it has got everybody talking and thinking and feeling and questioning like yeah. it's, it seems to have opened up all of these doors and you're like okay and the reason why I stuck to the whole two episodes a week thing is because I found there was so much going on that I wanted to like <laughs> absorb it and really think about it so many people have re-watched episodes because of that you're one of them I've watched the Italian episode three times oh my gosh <laughs> now I haven't re-watched any of the episodes but I, I do remember sitting after each one thinking for at least an hour to myself oh my gosh where where could I have gone right where could I have gone wrong where could I, you know you start thinking of all these things in the past that you probably I haven't thought about in years past relationships that I have buried it has brought to the surface and I think that's why it's so moving for everybody because we can all relate no matter what your colour no matter what your sex you can definitely relate to the storylines in this because some way or another these personal stories have touched you every you know, like look that, that they're my words Yeah, I could have said them um, so as we know obviously Sally Rooney is the, the writer of the novel and uh, her work has now reached a significantly wide audience in the UK the adaptation worked on Rooney um, on by Rooney and Alice Birch of course must much me- must mention is what it was going for there <laughs> and directed of course by Lenny Abrahamson and Hetty MacDonald it's broke records across the board BBC's iPlayer with 60 over 16 million people watching in the first week almost 4 million on the RT player as it stands um, and even though the series was targeted at under 25s I suppose it has proved popular it says with older viewers mm. I am not an older Viewer, no, let's <laughs> just stand for that. But I suppose it was, and this is put it nicely by the Daily Telegraph the show's popularity was fueled by middle aged nostalgia. And I think <laughs> that's you know, when you talk about why it's relatable, it's that idea of looking back mm. on your past relationships and questioning things. And I think that's why it had so many relatable moments that we felt every single inch of it. Yeah. And uh, obviously, it follows the on If you haven't seen it, you probably shouldn't listen to this because we're going to give away. And where have you been? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But it follows the on-again, off-again relationship between Marianne and Connell, which starts while they're at school and he's popular, she's more of a loner and their relationship is kept a secret and then the tables all turn when they head off to university and she becomes confident and I suppose more popular than him in a way. But it's that... I would want to watch it again for those early days because I think... You know, the how they got together, the secrecy behind it, him being worried about how he's been perceived by his friends. It does make me think, did I worry about what other people thought when I was that age? Oh, my gosh. 
did I worry? I worried a bit too much. But the reason why I feel like I couldn't watch it again because is every episode I sat down, I felt so moved. And whether that be the dialogue or the imagery, I felt like there was so much to take away from each episode. They're half an hour long. Mm. And you, I felt like they were about an hour long. I felt emotionally drained after each. Totally. So I don't know if I'd want to put myself back through that. But what I have enjoyed after watching it now is reading all these articles on it, people's take people's breakdowns I I see things from different angles now that I never I, I I just I don't know if I missed it or I just didn't grasp it as well as everybody else did but reading articles like in the New York Times or the Daily Telegraph mm. some of these writers have really put it into words that I, I would never be able to explain the way they did so I, I, I'm much rather yeah that side of things I think though without realising and maybe what other people think is not the right way of putting it but were you influenced by your peer groups like I think back you know and as I went to an all girls school so we hung around in groups of girls and the guys were like a myth to us like they went to you know an all boys (laughs) school and we you know we wanted to see them on like after school and at weekends and stuff but I I think we certainly took on board what, what our friends said about somebody but to this extent I do think there were probably girls in my class and yeah throughout the school that were dealing with issues like this that were feeling like you know a little bit of a loner or Mm. an outsider and that would then play on say how the boys see you as well like we much like you we had a boys school down the road and I remember it was just like a switch in our heads. All of a sudden it became all about the boys. Yeah. Like we went from, say, I'd say first year to second year. We only well had two done. years of it. <laughs> Where, you know, it was all about the lovely fluffy things. We're all getting used to coming yeah. back and being with these new people and we're a little bit older and more responsibility. And, and then, making female friends as well, because that's yeah. really important. Like that's so formative, that first year of, of secondary school where mm. you're like, who are my people? You and know? I went from being in a school, a mixed school, so it yeah. was boys and girls, to go into an all-girls school where, listen, emotions are heightened when you're in secondary school. Yeah. You know, it's girls are going through hormones and stuff. But I think when boys got brought into the picture, that's when everything shifted. Change. Whether that be oh, we were questioning our sexualities, questioning whether or not we were attractive. You know, everything became about the men and we surrounded our lives on that and I know it sounds terrible but I think it's something all girls can feel that transition in their lives at some point it just becomes an obsession about men and how they view us and that was depicted really well in this because I think for Marianne most of it it was kind of to do with her relationship with this boy. Yes, she had family things going on, but most of it was Connell. You know, how she's viewed in school, her standing up for herself. But it was it was driven by these men and how, what they thought of her. But I think, and I didn't, I, like I don't think I gave it much thought when I was watching it because I really felt like the boys were so hard on her. Like they were just bullying her. But I didn't think about the fact that the girls didn't stand up for her in any way. Bar the night that Karen stood by her when they were mm. at the Debs event and she obviously was a really kind person and you know came good on that occasion but I just felt she had nobody like she was and and yet she had nobody right and yet she was able to tell him that she liked him like how she had the guts to do that I think she wasn't marred too much by 
the opinions of people in mm. school because she had that loner mentality. She didn't have any friends. So yeah. it actually was irrelevant, mm-hmm. which is really sad. But in one way, she, she kind of, she seemed at peace with it. You know, I'm going back to this whole loner thing again because we... Nowadays, we surround ourselves with like people and we talk to kids in the sense that, you know, you you need to talk about your emotions and your feelings and stuff. And we almost don't want our kids to go through hard times because we know how devastating that can be. But I feel like this show, if anything, proved that you need to go through a little bit of roughness and toughness just to kind of give you the skills to be able to deal with certain things in your adult life. I think if you skip certain stages, whether I don't I don't think everybody should suffer as you know badly as she did. But I do think it's an important part of development to go through these kind of things. And I was a little bit of a loner at one stage. I think I was too. It builds strength in a way. Like I would never regret those days. But is it because like, you know, you can be extrovert like me Mm. and we have this side to ourselves that's creative and on show and stuff. But I can also be quite quiet and like my own space and... And very introspective, thinking about stuff. Yeah, thinking. And sometimes there's like a little bit of a confusion there that you can be both of those kind of people people mm. do you know like it's like almost people want you to be one thing or the other exactly you're put in a box and it was the, it was exactly as how you described it there you know being such an extrovert uh, people just automatically imagine you to be a certain way and I do remember there were issues that I didn't necessarily speak up on and people were like well you're so outspoken about other things you know we just ex- assumed it didn't matter to you or y- it didn't bother you because you didn't say anything yeah. and I'm like no that that genuinely isn't how I am in every aspect of my life of course there's going to be things that resonate so much that I might not want to talk about or find so uncomfortable that I might not want to talk about but I think being by myself and giving myself that time to think everything through read I was I, I read everything mm. I feel like it made me that little bit stronger because I realized, okay, yes, school is here and this is what I'm dealing with now, but it's not going to be forever, you know, and there are other people's stories that I could relate to um, that I saw them do really well or succeed or got through it. And I thought, okay, this isn't this isn't the end of the world. Whereas I feel like if you're in just your little girl bubble Mm. and you're hearing all sorts, it's hard for you to tune out the white noise, you know? I think that's why... The fact that they almost found each other like these two lost souls, even though on the outside he appeared like he had everything. He was the popular guy. Mm. Everybody liked him. The girls fancied him. He had all that going on. But yeah, when they came together, there was just this complete understanding or synergy of two people. And I was trying to think back as to why it's so relatable, because I'm not sure that I had any type of relationship that was as deep as that at that age. Do you know what I mean? Like it just, they seemed to be able to go to a place. uh, Yeah, maybe I can go to now, but certainly not back then. Definitely not. I remember uh, hearing the question, oh my gosh, you know, the sex scenes, they're so relatable. And I remember thinking, I can't relate to that. (laughs) At 17 or 18, I was so unsure of my body. Never mind wanting to get my kit off and be so sensual and in tune with my sexuality and the other person. I've I've thought about this. (laughs) And do you not think it is because they just completely believed in each other? Like, I don't know, there was just this, like, obviously it's chemistry that they have on Mm. screen. There was just some connection between them that made that for me totally believable like I believed every single second of those sex scenes yeah 
I did believe them, but I can't relate to them. I think yeah. if you look back, I definitely wouldn't be able to say as a child or because okay, look, I'm not calling a 17 year old child, yeah, but, but you know what young. I mean. As a teenager, yeah. I just don't think you're there. That maturity level just isn't there, and. I think they brilliantly depicted it on screen and showed that connection. But how true to life that was, I don't know. But this is there the was point, no like, awkwardness. But did they just find each other? Like, did they just connect on a level? Because, like, you know, we could admit now as women yeah. in our whatever that there she's. <laughs> Why does that seem so upsetting? Um, that we we ha- we have that, you know, like that we are capable of that. But at that stage, but was it because we weren't with? The person that we like, are they just? I don't think I don't, so. Don't. The people that came after in my life, I think, were the ones that opened me up to a whole new world and showed me growth in ways that I never knew I was even capable of. It showed me aspects to my personality that, honestly, if anybody had said you you can get crazy, like I'd be like, no, I'm you know I can hold my ish together. I don't know what you're talking about. And it's the relationships I had from, say, my first love onwards that kind of really opened me up to those different facets of my personality, even in the bedroom, Shona. But it's so, in a way, I get that. I don't think at 17, my first boyfriend, even though I was in love, I really thought he was it. I don't think I was as sure of myself to just let everything go. I remember even shifting was still a nerve wracking thing when we were in public. I had I couldn't even do the PDA. I just wasn't that girl. I wish that I had footage of myself with my first boyfriend so I could see like what I was like. You know, I, I just don't remember. And then I look at them and go, God, like they had it so together and they just seemed so, like I think as well. Do you know what it is? And it's part of the reason why I'm in love with Connell, not Mm. Paul Mescal. Well, maybe a little bit with Paul Mescal. (laughs) But it's because he was so sensitive to her at every step of that. Like that initial sex scene was just, Mm. it was flawless. Yeah. It's what we... We We would hope. We would wish. We deserve. No, I think so. Because you would look at it and go, it was so beautifully portrayed and you would hope that somebody of that age would look at it and go, that's how it can be. It can actually be like that. I think if I had watched that as a young adult maybe it would have changed how I viewed sex. I think so. And maybe it would have changed how I viewed my body because she was so comfortable with herself that I think I probably would have been like, what do I have to be ashamed of? Do you know what I mean? Like, maybe I would have put things a little bit more into perspective. But hindsight is a great thing. And I think looking back, it would have been great if we had that. But at the time, we barely saw sex scenes on screen. Imagine at that time seeing bombs and stuff. Like you would not be able, Shona. And when we did see sex scenes, Mm. they were perfect and the women were beautiful Mm. and everything was, you know, look, it just worked. Mm -hmm. Whereas the reality, as you see, is a top gets stuck on your thing or the bra won't open or whatever. Like Mm. they are, that's the real stuff. But to go back to your point of like her just stripping down and just being totally okay with that yeah. like I definitely wasn't there no like sometimes even chance. now like when I'm I'm married obviously but sometimes I'd be like oh don't look at me don't look at me I'm not you know like you like I want it. the light off yeah. <laughs> if I'm going through you know a particularly uh, 
bad period where I fluctuated a little bit more than other times. <laughs> Listen, quarantine has been rough to us all. Stop. <laughs> Just no, it hasn't. Eating all around us. But yeah, no, I would feel a little bit uncomfortable. And I know, yes, he loves me and I love him and there is a connection there and a bond, I feel. But even now, I still would be, oh gosh, yeah, okay, turn off the lights. Just not today. And then there are days when I feel like I am Beyonce and yes, this is me showing you my lemonade. You know? <laughs> like, there are two sides of me. But that definitely came with time and me growing and getting to love every curve and every pimple or spot. But 17-year-old me, I was struggling with weight issues. I didn't think I was beautiful. Like, I think what I portrayed on the outside definitely wasn't true to how I was feeling on the inside. Um, there were definitely tough times. There, I was a lot curvier than most girls as well. And that didn't, at that time, it didn't play well. Like, I don't think guys openly said they fancied me because I didn't look like everybody else. And I remember it was, it was, it was devastating to my self-esteem. I remember the first guy I actually openly said I liked and fancied and he was like, no, I don't like black girls. And I remember wanting to die. Like, I just remember thinking, you take this on your chin and you walk on. But I remember just thinking, oh, my God, there's a whole group of guys out there that won't like me because of the color of my skin. You know, there was there was other things, I think, at play for me. But I think it was probably a little bit different for yourself. You know, I don't like I didn't have body confidence. I didn't believe that I was gorgeous or that I deserved to be told that I was gorgeous I, and I didn't feel very like womanly I didn't get boobs when everybody else seemed to have boobs like I barely needed a double A like for a bra- so that you know and and I think because of that I didn't feel like I thought I should look Yeah, and I it was you. the start of like I suppose women openly expressing themselves and like you know making you, you felt like you had to live up to that and I just didn't feel like I was anywhere near that mm. having said that like funny because even though I didn't have the depth or like you know the the experience that Marianne and Connell had I feel like I always had nice guys that were decent and didn't treat me badly or make me feel like I wasn't good enough yeah like I didn't really experience what she experiences in the whole you know imagine being with somebody imagine sleeping with somebody being intimate with somebody and then the next day walking into a school and then pretending like they don't know you. Oh gosh. That Can you exist. imagine the, the pain of that? Yeah. Like the effect that that would have on you. I definitely, yeah, no, I I didn't, I can't relate to that so much because I, as you said, I don't think I went with any boys that weren't deemed respectable because I, I just, I, I wouldn't put myself in that yeah. position. And I did have, as much as I was doubting myself, I did have a lot of respect for my body and who I gave it to. Yeah, me too. So I, it wouldn't have been something that would have crossed my mind. And I think if I was in Marianne's case and say that happened, I probably wouldn't have slept with him again and I probably wouldn't have gone there again. I would have just ignored him because I don't think my self-esteem at that time would have been strong enough to keep on going on. Especially the fact that his friends were being so mean to her. Some of the language they used, they were calling her ugly, you know, even though we know that was just teenage boys being boys. But at the same time, I don't know how much of that I could have taken. I certainly think she was a stronger character than myself. But for her... And this is why it's sad. Like, that was the only thing that she had. Yeah. It was the thing that was keeping her going. So she was willing to take that yeah. over not having anything, if yeah. that makes sense. And, and like, 
obviously eventually it came good, but it took it took a while to get there. And I, I suppose the thing is we found out as well, unlike you know, where there's no conclusion. We found out why he was the way he was and mm. obviously he suffered from anxiety and that scene where, you know, he had asked her or he had told her that he was taking Rachel to the Debs and her face, like, it was the way he told her as well as if it was, like, completely normal that, you know, that I'm just asking her, she's just a friend, it's yeah. no big deal. And, but he was trying to justify it to himself. But I think that also goes back to the boyish mentality like I think this is a lot of Irish men who find it very hard to say how they feel and I think it's hard to put into words when you're going through so many emotions and have so many outside voices telling you what to do and how to be it's hard to distinguish what's right from what's wrong and the lines get blurred a little bit so in his head he thought he was doing the right thing and I suppose that's why we like Connell because we can understand where he's coming from we've all been in a situation where we know it's it is black and white to everybody else mm. on the outside. But when you have these mixed emotions going on and people putting in their two cents, it's hard to know, Am I? is this what I really feel? Or is this how I should feel? Is this what I mean, I'm being told to feel? And I feel like that to me was probably one of the realest moments in the whole thing because we've all been there where we just don't know. And you know what's right and you know what's wrong, but society and the world is telling you otherwise. So you're just going to go with that because it's the easy option. And also, like even when his mom tells him in the car oh. and she gets out because she genuinely is sickened that Disgusted. this is her son, that she has raised somebody that would treat another human being the mm. way he has. like, And yet, like I suppose because there's depth to his, to his character, like as you say, we should hate him. We yeah. should hate him for that. But we know that, that's, that, that there's things underneath, that there's issues. that And like, I... I cannot imagine how she must have felt, how crushed she must have been. And yet, and yet like, she came back and did her exams. She came back and, and said, right, I'm not going to allow you to, to drag me down completely. That was kind of her defining moment. I think also finding out that people knew for me was the moment. Remember when Connell went outside and he was having um, oh, yeah. a cigarette yeah, and his yeah. mate and they came all out. Knew. And they all knew. And I thought, this is how we spend most of our lives thinking about what everybody else thinks about us all the time. And yet, nobody really cares in the grand scheme of things because everybody's in their own world. Everybody's living their own lives. But yet we focus so much on what other people say. And that was the main driving factor behind this relationship. It's my friends don't like her. My friends think she's a loser. My friends, you know, wouldn't see us together. I'm the GAA player and she's this nobody, essentially. And yet the friends knew all along and they were almost baiting him into, come on, say it. And he never did. It's a life lesson. At the yeah. end of the day, everybody is too busy with their own SH1T to be bothered. Like yeah. that's OK, we have friends and we have family that care yeah. about us. But as you say, in the grand scheme of things, people aren't walking around thinking, oh, I wonder how Trish felt about that yeah. sentence that I said at like nine o'clock this morning. Mm. Whereas if you're in that place of like anxiety or analysing everything, it's all just a mountain. Mm -hmm. It just feels like you can't you can't get past it. Like... That scene where he's walking down the street and he rings her oh, and... It bring me back to all the scenes here, yeah. And he's leaving her the voice uh, note to say, I'm sorry, and he's crying and he's crying and he's crying and he gets down on his knees and that utter despair of, I've totally and utterly messed this up and I've lost the one good thing. Mm. Even at that age, like he knew 
Yeah. How wrong he was. I think because he he saw her for who she was as opposed to who everybody else thought she was. And to know you've hurt someone that is a good person deep yeah. down is devastating to anyone. I think that's probably one of the moments that brought me back a little bit because you have this you have this moment where things go unsaid and you wonder should I have said something in that moment or did I read it on my level of perception? Because that's all you can yeah. do. You can't read it from somebody else's viewpoint because you're you're so in your emotions and your feelings that you, you're seeing it from how you feel it. And that was the one thing that made me think back to past relationships. Did I only see it from my perspective and not give them a chance to maybe feel how they really felt and maybe they felt like they couldn't really open up because I wasn't giving the, allowing them that space, you know? Like it's it's one of the main things that I've kind of questioned since watching it and it has like made me think back to one relationship in particular where I found it difficult to communicate what I was actually feeling. And the reason that I found it difficult was because he was the worst communicator in the world. Mm. Like he just wanted to flow through life and everything was fine and we didn't have to talk about anything serious and it was all great. And for the most part, that's lovely. Like it's a really nice place to be in. You're a happy person. You're positive. Great. But sometimes there are things that you need to talk about. And if you're with somebody that's like not able to do that, not able to have a conversation on a level with you. What what happened to me was I just abandoned that side of myself altogether. Oh, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So instead of like pushing him to talk, I just said, oh, we don't need to talk. And actually went through years of like having this really nice relationship, but never really dealing with things that were going on underneath. Yeah. And then one day it just hits you like a ton of bricks oh, yeah. and you go... God, like if we had addressed this a while back, we might not be where we are now because I actually really love you and you love me, but we didn't we didn't talk about this. Yeah, because it's too painful. It's too it's too uncomfortable. And it's like you said, men and yes, women are guilty of it, too. But I feel like more so men find it very difficult to verbalize what they're feeling. And I feel like they sometimes feel like they're going to be judged harshly or going to be considered weak or silly for saying what they really, really feel. And I think that's where the line gets blurred, because as women, we are so much more in control of it, I guess. And we're so much more um, aware, aware that, you know, this is what needs to be done and this is how we fix it. So when that's not being done, you kind of you start reading between the lines. For me, it was Similar in the sense that I don't think he could articulate exactly how he was feeling. And so I was reading between the lines a lot and coming up with my own conclusions about things and situations that weren't true. And one of the moments in Normal People that got me was when he was in the kitchen and that in her kitchen when they were in college. And that moment where he needed to say to her, can I move in here for the summer? Because he had lost his job and he had no choice but to go back home. And he just couldn't bring himself to just say, listen, this is the situation I'm in. And she would have had no problem in letting him stay. But they made that moment. He made, he let that moment pass. And I remember watching it thinking, oh my gosh, how many moments was I in with such and such? But that's what I mean. That, like, like slipped through my fingers because I perceived the situation of him not wanting to be in the relationship or not wanting to fight for it. Whereas he was obviously torn up about something else, you know? And I could only see it from my level of perception. 
And he walked out that night oh. thinking that she didn't want him, that she wanted to see other people. And he's tears streaming down his face, walking out the driveway. And she's in the kitchen, smashes the glass and the thing. And they're both like if they had just said what that was was actually going on in their head mm. I know we wouldn't have had the following six episodes <laughs> the book wouldn't exist but it, it it just highlights that fact that the relationship that I was talking about where you know there was a, a series of miscommunications I suppose when we eventually did break up about two months later he said to me why did you never say this or why did you never say that and I said and why did you never just such a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying we would would have ended up together. We wouldn't, but we would have had a chance to be closer or to understand each other at a different level. Understanding. Absolutely. I think with my situation, I've, I'm not tearing up. I'm not tearing up. <laughs> but I think with my situation, we didn't go back to it. We didn't rehash anything. We just ended. And I was just like, this is it. I'm done. I'm moving on because I don't feel like I'm getting what I need from you. And it was only years onwards where, you know, you see this person and you're kind of chatting, chit-chatting and you mention, oh, you know, at that time, what were you feeling? And he would have said, I actually did really want to be with you, but I just didn't know how to say it. I didn't know how to verbalize it. I just thought, you know, am I, is this too much of a rush situation? Is it something I'm going into too heavily? Am I too young to be in that kind of uh, situation? And like, if he had said that to me at the time, maybe we, as he said there, we probably wouldn't have been together, but it would have put me at peace a little bit more because I I, I judged myself so harshly. Me too. And I think that's it. Like, I kind of blamed myself for not talking or not speaking up, even Mm. though he didn't either. But I think one of the things that it has done, the, the actual show, is... I've spoken to people that have contacted their exes and said, have you seen? It's just brought up this whole conversation about previous relationships. But that's not a bad thing. No. Like that is in no way. And, And the other thing that it's done, for me anyway, is actually make me appreciate what I have because Mm. you realise that like you can go through that period in your life where you're not really being true to yourself or you're not being honest about how you feel. And... I'd like to think for the most part that now I am in that place. So like there's a few times where I watched an episode and then I'd go up to Tom and I'd be like, OK, so let's have a little, let's have a chat. <laughs> How are we doing here? And he'd be looking at me going, did you watch an episode of That Normal People again? <laughs> Maybe. Well, that's a good thing. And it's definitely changing for the positive. I think communication is the way forward. If there's one thing we have learned from this programme is that you have to talk. And even if you can't find the words, I don't know, write it down, find a song. (laughs) You know, there are so many different ways we can actually communicate and express how we feel with someone rather than walking away. I tell you, like some of the songs I listen to these days, I'm like, that's that's yeah, she said it best. I'm just going to play that song for him now because that is how I feel. You know it. Yeah, yeah, you say <laughs> you it, girl. You, you, you're just singing exactly what I'm going through yeah. right now. But can I ask you a question, right? Mm. Honest question. Like, yeah, if I, it's made me want the chats, but it's also made me be like, hey, Tom, how are you? In a sexy yeah. way. Wink, wink. Have you felt like that watching it? <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not saying this in a, in, in a braggy way at all, but we don't really have any <laughs> issues there. I am... I am overzealous when it comes to <laughs> that side of my uh, my life. I, you know, I love it and I don't think I could do without it, you know, on a regular basis as well. And I don't care oh, yeah, if he's no. not up for it. I'm like, let's do it. But isn't the fact that like they're just, 
I don't know what would, like how am I going to say this without making myself sound like an absolute tool. It's yeah, it's it's really just made me appreciate Tom. Oh yeah, okay. it has. Yeah, yeah. Like, I see what you mean. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, like, how he does it in a you know <laughs> sexual way, or is it just more his being and the connection you guys have now? I you think can appreciate that more. It's everything okay. because to be with somebody intimately to like be that together with them right in in a sexual way mm-hmm. you need to have like that like deeper connection with them of course like you need to be able to sit down and have those conversations because you ca- I don't think you can have that in the bedroom if you don't have it on the outside if your relationship is not yeah. like rooted in something that's True. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and you can see it with Marianne as well. When she asked to be choked by Connell um, in the bedroom, we were all kind of like, oh my God, I can't believe she's asking that. But even the way he approached it, you know, no, I don't really feel comfortable doing yeah. that. But I understand it's something you like. I had seen, I saw so much growth in him there that I was like, okay, this is how it should be handled. But in the sense that when she was doing it with someone else, that disconnect was there and it was more so about the physical act and that was it. There was no emotional... When she went to Sweden, essentially, I there just, was no yeah, emotional was connection so with that guy. was so upsetting because she was going through that period in her life when she just felt completely and utterly worthless. Yeah. Like she because did she not think anything of herself. Yeah. That was like that scene in the coffee shop where he she's going to break up with him and he says, no, don't, you, you don't want what, what you want. And she said, I want the opposite of that. And you're like, no, you don't mean that. No. You really don't. No. Come to Sweden, Connell. I I know. And they were still communicating. But even that, I'm like, your your connection was clearly with someone else, you know, for Marianne. I'm talking like I know the girl. She is down the road. I love her. We both know them like very well, I feel at this stage. (laughs) I think one of the things that stood out for me um, in the last episodes was when they are lying on the bed and they are licking their ice lollies, which is a rather... Sensual moment. She had to uh, open the window. It was so hot. This was where they finally told each other what they really thought. When we were together in first year of college, were you lonely then? No. You? No. I was frustrated sometimes, but not lonely. I'm never lonely when I'm with you. Yeah. That was kind of a perfect time of my life, to be honest. I don't think I was ever really happy before then. Oh, oh my that God. That was kind of a perfect time in my life, to be honest. Even just the honesty of saying I was never really happy before then. Oh, my gosh. Human connection, I think, is such an amazing thing. And I think we don't appreciate it enough. I think being in quarantine now has definitely made me appreciate it a lot more. I've realised how much I need human touch, how much I need to actually see and talk and be around in the presence of my friends. And I think in this, it shows you the power of being connected, not only just physically, but almost by the soul to someone. Because I feel like no matter where they were in the world, no matter what happened, they still felt that pull One of the most romantic things I've ever seen is when they were on the Skype call and he was in the depths of despair and Mm. she said, leave the Skype on and go sleep beside me. Yeah. Like that to me was probably one of my favourite moments in the whole thing because it was like, you are so comfortable with this other person that you're willing to let them watch you sleep from the other side of the world. Like, I mean, it was just, there's so many of those moments, but yet they're not done in a, 
cheesy or a tacky. They're just completely and utterly believable. Yeah. Like you, you buy into every single ounce of the what they're feeling and and how they're dealing with things. It, I suppose one of the main things that we need to touch on as well is is the way that his depression and anxiety is portrayed. And obviously, you know, he finds out that his friend has died by suicide. Yeah. Horrific, heartbreaking, and it raises so many questions for him but it also like I think that anxiety and and that was there beforehand and then it just comes to the fore doesn't it? Yeah yeah I think for him he didn't realise yeah he was dealing with that and I think Mm. because we go back to the issue of not speaking and probably not being able to talk to the boys or his friends we all saw that friend was suffering as well he was in and out throughout the whole um, uh, series but we didn't actually realise the pain they were actually feeling. And I think that's what hurt because here he is in an office with this strange woman and he's bearing his soul. He's able to say, I'm not happy. I don't feel good, you know. And that was something for such a brilliant writer, for someone who has been so emotional with his partner. It was hard to hear him say that because you feel like here's a popular guy as well who who should be able to talk. But that's not the reality of the situation. I think even the way she dealt with that, I I was mind blown by it because I feel like that was something those were lessons I could take from it and learn myself because I don't know, I, I still find it very hard to deal with grief and I find it very hard when it's dealing with a friend, especially. And I know they're hurting. I don't know what exactly to say am I saying the right thing and you don't want to say the wrong thing and have the person you know break down even more but I think that kind of showed me that even though those conversations are uncomfortable to have even just saying a simple word like I'm here for you sitting in the back of the church just being there being a presence isn't it's enough in that time and give people space so they can actually open up when they feel right. I think they both had that ability in the way that they portrayed the characters that they were able to let each other just be. Yeah. You know, sometimes we we constantly feel the need to talk because we're trying to, you know, cover up a silence and it feels uncomfortable. Mm. But but they were very much like you even saw that in certain scenes where they were in the bedroom together and they weren't doing anything. They were just very content to be mm. in each other's company and didn't feel the need to speak all the time. And particularly when it comes to, you know, how they handled his depression like there wasn't that it wasn't forced it, it just felt very natural and, and very real from her because she loved him so much that all she wanted for was for him to know that she's there for him 100% mm. in whatever way I suppose the biggest thing about that is that it highlighted the fact that it's okay to go and talk and I think particularly for men that's obviously you know a massive issue in this country and it's certainly something that has you know <sighs> hopefully normalised it because it's a a conversation that needs to happen and I think that scene with him and the cancer was just really nicely done it really kind of helped I think and even though he had a supportive mother and supportive friends it still took a complete stranger I suppose to for him to open up and kind of shed those barriers because he was close to Marianne. Let's face it, he was sharing things with her that he'd never shared with anyone else. But he still did find it hard to open up on that side, which is why I would say, like, if you do feel like you are going through something, it's sometimes better to get an outside perspective and talk to somebody who is detached and doesn't know you and that you can feel comfortable to let down those walls with. Because... 
as, with the best will in the world. Sometimes, you know, you talk to somebody that you know and yeah. they know everything about you. They know you inside out. To talk to a complete stranger, there's something really freeing in that because you're kind of, you know, starting with a blank canvas yeah. and you, you can work through it. This scene was just... Oh. <laughs> I left currently thinking I could have a different life. But I, I hate it here and I can never go back. Because those friendships are gone and, and Rob is gone and I can't, I can't see him again. I can't get that life back. I'm sorry. You don't need to apologise. No. no. And that's all you need sometimes in a moment like that for someone to just say how you're feeling is absolutely valid. You don't need to say you're sorry for it and you don't need to look to anyone to guide you. How you are feeling in this moment is absolutely fine. I sometimes wish I had heard that a lot more because you feel like um, you're weird or strange or that you're somehow abnormal for feeling the way you are. And that's possibly why he didn't want to open up. He's like, nobody else is feeling the way I am. So it's 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 actually nice to see that he was comforted in that moment just by those simply those simple words. It's okay. It's grand. I think you do have that idea that you know a thought will come into your head or you question something about yourself and you go, God, like what's wrong with me? Why am I doing this? Mm. And you do really forget that other people go through stuff as well. Like that I'm standing here beside you and you've got your own battles and I've got mine and there's a comfort in that but I think if you're not the sort of person that's used to talking about stuff mm. y- you never know that or you don't you don't allow yourself to acknowledge it so it be- it festers inside you and that's I suppose a really good example of it in in the show it certainly highlighted that and uh, yeah hopefully it's it's helped people which is I presume one of the aims and I love the way they touched on the fact that he did get medication and yes, it was so tastefully done. There's yeah. none of this, you know, the stigma attached of, oh my gosh, you're going to be popping pills or whatever. No, sometimes you need that extra help and it is, it's fine. Yeah, and I because think the way they worked on it, it was, it was, it was beautifully portrayed. Because he was just at that place where he wasn't physically or mentally able to carry on. Mm. You could see that. Like he was, he was, he was emotionally drained from it all and he just, he, he needed to get back to a place where he could have clarity in his thoughts again. Yeah. And you can see that progression as well. Like after that, in the last two episodes, you can certainly see that like he's coming back to himself. And obviously he has a fear about New York and that's totally understandable because he says, I just feel like I'm able to walk down the street again. Yeah. I mean, you know, he he was having panic attacks. Like that's, you know... And now he's like, oh, why am I going to do this to myself again? But you've got, you know, you look at him and go, but you've come so far you've and you grown. can you, you can do it, Connell, yeah. you can do it, but you shouldn't go without Marianne. Yes. <laughs> One of the other issues I did think that really resonated with me was how they touched on the issue of class and classism yeah. in Ireland. And you kind of forget that these... You're in a small town. When you're in your little small bubble, you don't really think about the bigger world. And when you go off to college and you go to the big smoke, it's a whole new world for you. And I remember when he went to Italy and that guy was being an absolute snob, Marianne's boyfriend, and saying really inappropriate things to him, you know, about, you know, his wealth and blah, blah, blah. And I remember thinking there were times I did feel like that when I was in college because I wouldn't have come from money per se. But you're in this world where you're mixing with so many different people from all over the world. And, you know, if most university goers 
do come from money. Like, let's just face yeah, it. That's yeah. just the way it is. It's a small minority that, you know, are going through the grant system and doing the rest. And I felt really like a fish out of water because here I was, you know, again, like them talking about holidays to Spain and to Italy and France and, you know, going to New York to go visit my cousins. And I'm like, no, yeah, I just, yeah, we, we holidayed in in, in Sligo or you know it, it was it was a different world for me and I did feel like I was like a fish out of water a little bit so I could relate to him in that sense even when he was in the kitchen and they were all having this open conversation about you know life and whatnot like they were in the first year of college and he, they were giving it so much and he was just sitting there going I know about the disco and you know I can tell you one thing my college parties or my college experience was not at like that I went to Tramco in Ratmine <laughs> and uh, yeah, the name it's says not- it all really, to be honest. I was, certainly wasn't going to any house parties that had pools or yeah, where we played know. volleyball or we were out on the garden. <laughs> it just didn't happen. And that's why, you know, it's one of the things that I've thought about that it's actually quite funny that yet still we can relate to them mm-hmm. as people because, you know, the way they played the characters was so believable. But yeah. the actual surroundings or the, you know, the, the grandness of... And yet, yeah, actually one night I was watching it and I went, I definitely didn't drink red wine when when I was in college, like the, holding the glass correctly. Oh my God, chugging back the vodka because that's what you thought was the done thing. <laughs> the Give blue, me the cheapest, the blue drink. wicked. Even um, when they're making dinner, it just seems so grand. Dinner. We had coca noodles. Exactly. Like I the, was like, girl, come on. I was like trying to scrimp and scrimp. Or you know, on a Saturday, because I would go back up some um, Sunday nights. And yes, me too. We would pull together and get ourselves a big, a large spice bag and just split it. Great. There you Trish, go. I used to get a two-in-one from the Chinese <laughs> off the road and I thought that was gourmet food. I thought this, the, the fact that they cooked me, I don't think I even used the cooker in the place that I lived in. That part of it did baffle me. I was like, really? Um, you touched on something there when you were saying about the uh, college thing. Uh, oh yeah, sorry, the class. I suppose that the one is, a, yeah, it's, it's highlighted in their relationship as well because I suppose, you know, obviously Lorraine is the cleaner mm-hmm. in Marianne's house and Marianne and grew up in this beautiful mansion and was born into wealth or whatever. But what's funny or not so funny about it is that it comes full circle because Marianne never actually experienced home life or family no. life. And that Christmas scene is just oh. lovely, but also devastating to think that she got to that stage in her life and never understood what it meant to be part of a family. You know, she's sitting there when they're playing the, what's that game? Heads up. Heads up. And... The happiness, the mm. joy. Imagine growing her whole life yeah. and not experiencing that. But there was no real connection with her mother oh. and there was definitely no connection with the brother at all. And I think oh, her God. being in Connell's presence and obviously seeing the relationship he had with his mom, I definitely think would have left a big hole in her heart because it's your mother and you just expect that relationship to be flawless, to work. Although, yes, we have issues and we might fight. You'll always feel that love from your mother and to not have that throughout the whole thing. I'm sorry for giving all of it away, but to not have that, it was particularly devastating to watch. But also, I knew friends that that went through that too, that had, you know, broken homes or families that just did not get along. So I kind of was like, "This this is real. And it's not just the... Uh, it's it's not just people who are working class that go through issues like that. It was good to see that 
the upper class and the more wealthy do experience those things too. Yeah. You know, and it's not about money or what's on the outside. It's kind of what's going on behind closed doors that matters more than anything else. It's so true. I the one of the things that stood out for me and I'm such a hugger. Mm. I hug and kiss Eve all the time. Like I just I, I I can't imagine ever not doing that. And those two hugs when Lorraine hugs her for the first time in the house oh. And she said, you know, when she says that she she's right to not answer his calls because yeah. he's been idiot. Um, and then the hug that she gives her when she arrives for Christmas and she just holds yeah. on so tightly. You just think. And then in the same episode, the mother walks by them. Just blanks her like she doesn't know street. who she is. And yeah. that. That definitely hit me. I was just thinking, imagine, imagine that being your own mum. Like you just, you couldn't imagine but it. But you understand why yeah. Marianne, is, Marianne is the way she is because that was her upbringing. Childhood. Of course, of course. But I, I think the way she is portrayed in it, I don't know if someone who has gone through necessarily something like as hard a life as she has would be as composed. There were no real moments of her really losing it per se. Like there was no, that was the only, I'm not saying it was missing because I think as, as I've said throughout this whole podcast, I definitely feel like it was done so brilliantly, but there was no real moment of her just losing the rag completely and just going off. You know, there was moments of her walking out and crying or, you know, she almost really lost sad. it, though, in the Italy episode when your man dropped the glass. Oh, she yes. almost. And you could see that that was a rage that had just built up inside her and went, I am not being treated like this yeah. anymore because I have spent my whole life. But he pulls her back then, obviously. Yeah. I wanted more of those moments because yeah, I no, think I that mean, would have been a lot truer to how we would yeah. react in certain situations. Like there is no way at um, at that dinner table in Italy when they were sitting outside that she nobody said anything. Not her friend, not Connell, not his friend. It was just like, we're all just going to sit here and let this absolute idiot be a complete and utter mm. disaster and treat her and talk to her like she was nothing nothing. and speaking to her friends like that but anyways that's me picking holes that's me finding (laughs) we could do like a three hour special we've touched on the kind of sexual elements and and all that but Sally Rooney has been hailed the voice of a generation tough title yeah but I kind of get it like I don't think I've experienced um, I read the book as well I don't think I have experienced something in terms of a TV or movie in the last, I don't know how many years, which has had such an effect on me. So, yeah, I, I'll, I'll give her that title gladly. But why do you think it has touched so many? I think based on, um, I think the fact that it's A, relatable. I think the fact that it's, I don't know, there is so many aspects of it that I think even if you aren't someone who's gone through any of those, you know someone who's gone through it yeah. or you've you've heard about someone who's gone through it. And so it kind of just allows you that moment to not only reflect, but to kind of figure out where you could go right the next time, you know? Yeah. It, it, it's, it's given me this kind of, um, this perspective where I am looking at my life now as it is and I'm thinking, how could I be a little bit better mm. Am I missing those moments again? And how am I going to not let that happen? And I think if anything on television that can make you question yourself as a human being and as a person, it's powerful and it's going to be good and it's going to reach you. Like, I I don't think there is, 
I don't think there is any other program that I've watched that has really, no. really done that. And like also, like I suppose there's there's two elements, isn't there? It's like it's allowed you to question certain aspects of your life, but it's also like utterly entertained you. And I think mm. like that's the first part is kind of taken over in a way, but you can't take away from the fact that it's just an incredible piece of television. Yeah. Like it's just the, the acting. Yeah. is flawless. The imagery is flawless. Yes, everything, the way it's shot. Just, when she walked out in the snow in Sweden, I just was like, what the hell? Or when they're oh. on the bikes in Italy going mm. down the little bumpy road and you're thinking, yeah. oh, I've never been to Italy and I definitely <laughs> want to go now. And they're cutting the scallions <laughs> yeah. and the strawberries, the oh. ideal life. Even when they were sitting, um, eating the... Ice cream, the, the gelato. Cream. Oh. I just thought I'm going to the little shop on their bicycle like yeah. everything is just, was just so beautiful even though she was walking out of probably one of the most saddest heartbreaking yeah. moments in her life when she walked out of that apartment and felt like oh my god oh, yeah. what is my world I just thought this is beautiful so like, nice. she walked shot. out and the world was like that I probably would see it a little bit better you know maybe it's not so bad yeah just everything about it and I was yeah. talking to somebody in, this morning about it as well the music like I've listened yeah. to the soundtrack and it's just every song hits you <sighs> That's why I couldn't be listening to the soundtrack now over and over. It, it's very, it's very passionate. And I didn't say I, over and over. I just can't. You're like, no, no, that's too much for me. It's bringing me to a place I don't want to be at all the time. But definitely. Oh, my gosh. And like Paul Mescal, where has he been? <laughs> like This man is incredible to portray so much emotion by saying very little words sometimes. I just, he's brilliant and he's someone that we are going to be seeing in years to come. He's so godlike as well. I don't know what it is. It's his eyes, but then it's <laughs> it's the way he seems so unaffected or unassuming in his manner. Now, I have to say, right, even like we had this conversation about two weeks ago and we were saying how uncomfortable he is and like, you know, that he's not, yeah. you know, in interviews, like he's been interviewed by James Corden and like, you know, lots of big names. Um, I know he's been on like radio here in Ireland as well. He also has come into his own in terms of being seen out in the O'Neill mm. shorts. Like <laughs> in the last week, he has strutted his stuff down London's Clapham Common oh. and, you know, the, the band was down on the shorts, the chain was on, the top. <laughs> was off you know he was just casually going for a jog never mind the fact that he was being papped by like how many mm. newspapers I is there a little bit of him that's like oh yeah this is yeah like this I'd say yeah. he is loving <laughs> it he is almost he's put O'Neill shorts on the map on the map I mean where were we before Connell wore them but I just he he also shows a certain amount of growth outside of just being Connell because as you've said I've seen interviews with him at the very beginning of all this and he was a little bit more shy yes. and awkward and you know just a little bit more reserved and obviously it was a whole new world for him yeah. he hadn't done anything like that before Yeah. but now you're listening to him and he seems a lot more self-assured and also I think he's following Daisy's lead because she seems to have it all together but she doesn't because yeah. she's openly spoken about the fact that she suffers from anxiety um, and it's an industry that, God, it's not great for that, yeah. let's be honest, because it's so up in the air. The other thing that's great about him in the last couple of weeks is he seems to be using his platform to do good, obviously with the Pieta and the chain, auctioning off the chain. And I know he's posted stuff in the last few days. So I think he's going to be somebody that, you know, yes, people can like me can obviously admire and adore from afar, but also he's going to be somebody to look up to because yeah. I think he's he's really intelligent. Yeah. He's a clever, clever guy. 
Excuse me. I think he might be the kind of actor, though, like a Keanu Reeves type that we won't necessarily know everything about everywhere. Yeah. But we'll just, you know, kind of silently be there doing his thing in the background and making great films. Yeah. I mean, like the shorts tell me otherwise, but like (laughs) maybe he's just in lockdown and he's getting out for a run. Fair enough. He's got the 24 year old legs on him. He wants to show those off. But yeah, no, I think from everything I've heard, I just feel like he sounds like he's got a good head on his shoulders. He seems like he knows what he's where he's going and what he wants to do. And that's yeah. I've That's com- admirable. completely reverted back to when you look at something when you're a teenager and you want those people to be a couple in real life and yeah. then you find out that actually they're not and you're devastated. And after I watched it, I was like, they have to be. I mean, it's just not possible to have that chemistry. And if I was their other halves watching them have that chemistry, there's no th- way that I could go back into the bedroom the next night and be like, right, here we go. Because I've seen you doing that with somebody else. Yeah, yeah. And it's so believable. I think I was most devastated when I found out that Daisy wasn't actually actually Irish the accent is spot on but she does have an Irish mom so she said you know she grew up here when she was a little bit younger so maybe that was it but I was just like what in the name of the Jesus. Like she did it so well. Like you're playing a character, as we know as actors, Trish. You're playing a character and then you're doing an accent as well. Yeah. And you're you're still making that like the most believable performance. I know like he's kind of overshadowed her in the last couple of weeks because, you know, the, the stuff that was going on for his character, I think there was a lot more about him and how he portrayed it. But I think they equally brought it to the table. The casting was just phenomenal. You know what was very shocking, actually? I listened to um, another podcast with her on it and she said uh, the hairdo we actually see her with. She went through an awful period in her life. She didn't get a job, She didn't it? get a job, yes. I heard an acting this. job. Yeah. And she said, I'm going to do it. I'm cutting my hair off and I'm just going to, I just want to be a different person because obviously they didn't like who I was. And she said it was, I think it was a week after she got the haircut. She was devastated. She looked in the mirror. The she fringe. didn't know what she had done to herself. Why did I do this? And she went in to do the 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 interview or the the what would you call it a roll call audition the audition that's a roll call as an actor Trish <laughs> you've let yourself down there you haven't been on one for a while you need to get back out there girl you know <laughs> test the waters oh gosh I need to be a thespian again but um, yeah. She said, uh, yeah, walking into that hair, walking into that audition, having the hair cut that she hated and then landing the road. She feels like, yeah, maybe that was that was her good omen. So sometimes you walk away from situation thinking, oh, God, what is my life? And then you get the role of your lifetime. And that's exactly what it was. It's it's going to catapult them to heights that they, I presume, you know, could only dream of because it's just that successful. Uh, We could talk all day, but I think that that is where we're going to leave it because um, I, for one, am going to watch the whole series again. (gasps) Speaking of watching the whole series, did you know a certain porn site amalgamated all the sex scenes off the show that was done so tastefully into a five minute video and had it on their site. I Dirty am dogs. shocked and appalled. <laughs> and can I just say, no, 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 no. You've got that wrong. Mm-mm-mm. You know who you are and shame on you because there was nothing crude about those sex scenes. No. They were beautifully done. And as we said, if we'd seen them when we were younger, by God. We would have been delighted. Might have changed my whole future. Yeah, but you're lucky. You can still, you can go off now and (laughs) experiment. Oh dear. Thank you very much, my dear. You're welcome. Girl Talk with Trish and Shona.